welcome to uh, anybody who's watching, obviously. Thank you for coming along. My name is Ed Mead. I'm the founder of Uber. Hopefully uh, those watching are interested enough to click on this because they know who Richard and I are. Richard needs little introduction as a very well-known uh, trainer to the estate agency profession. Um, thank you for coming along, Richard. Um, I'll be blunt. I asked Richard why some estate agents have been rather slower than we would have anticipated in taking up Vuba and the services that Vuba provides. We've been very successful in other areas in property management, block management, um, auctions, um, some of the online services and particularly for investors and investor reports and that sort of thing. But the big area out there, and the reason I set up Vuber in the first place was to try and serve as a state agent. So I've, I emailed Rich the other day and said, look, why do you think, what is it that you think? Because I know we spoke, crikey, three, four years ago when I, I came on yeah. one of your tours when the idea first came up for Vuber and you thought it was a good idea, um, which was great. Uh, we've had very little interaction since. I've seen you at various um, Seminars. I didn't think it was a good idea initially, actually, by the way. For the first few seconds, I thought, hold on, but we'll come on to that. <laughs> okay, so what I thought I'd do is, rather than waffling on now, is just ask you some straightforward questions. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, uh, let's, let's deal with that one first. What were your initial thoughts about Vuba well, having people ran houses on behalf of other agents? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, where I'm coming from as a trainer, you know, it, it's quality and, it, and everything goes with great agency and all about managing the agent's reputation, really shining and doing the best you can and, and using innovation and the most effective techniques and all this, that and the other. To suddenly rip that away and, and put somebody who's not trained to do any of the stuff that agents do in front of buyer and seller, I thought, my goodness me, isn't this going to somehow undermine the reputation of, of, of that uh, of that agency um and so i had that thought for a few seconds the brain is going a bit slower nowadays and it took me about maybe nine or ten seconds to realize hold on a second let's look at this the other way around and it kind of began to make a load of sense and actually as time goes on i've seen what you've been doing it increasingly increasingly makes uh, a lot of sense and I, I can understand the agents who think well hold on I've trained up my, my agents, I've got good negotiators, they're good salespeople in the field. Um, those are the people that I want in front of my buyers and particularly in front of sellers when, when they go around the property. And I, I completely get that. But you know what? Someone the other day, I was at a dinner party and they asked me what I did and I said, I train estate agents. And they said, oh, I can't be much to that then, can they? Just say, <laughs> open the room and say, this is the bathroom. And I said, you know, that that's almost one that I, I don't do, in it? Well, I do, but you know, there's... <laughs> There's not much to say, is there? You know, I don't think, and in all my years, and yours probably too, Ed, in, in agency, probably totally about 70 years between us, um, I can't really remember any one instance where anything I have said to a buyer at a property really has been instrumental in causing them to buy it if they would not have otherwise done so. I suspect there's very little an agent in the field can actually do without making themselves look a bit stupid. I mean, what, what do you say? I mean, it's a visual thing you need to look. And that's why um, virtual tours have become so effective over the over lockdown, though you still would actually see it, of course, to get a feel for it. But I don't think there's a great deal that that agent can say there. What I'd rather have is my agents on the phone making appointments and getting people around. Now, we don't want the, the vendor to show the properties. We know that. But the reason why I think viewers work so well is because the buyer doesn't feel threatened or pressurized. They're not being sold to. 
I mean, who would you rather buy through? Someone who's like your auntie who lives, lives down the road who says, oh, I just, I, I know these people, let me show you around. Or some, some salesy agent who's trying apparently to get you to buy something that it's too, it's too big a purchase. I'll decide. What would you say, Richard, to the people that would say, and certainly some of the big corporates mm -hmm. do say to me, but that buyer is an opportunity for us to sell a mortgage, a conveyancing service, an insurance service. Absolutely. Well, I tell you one thing, if, if agents are just devolving everything onto a view, but then they're missing a trick, because I would say that actually you should be regarding your buyers as valuable for cross-selling and, and all the other reasons we know and property to sell in exactly the same way. It's just the actual viewings. In fact, you may well be doing viewings with them. This is for when, when you physically haven't got the, the manpower or they're furloughed or something. You've got to keep those numbers up. I and mean, people say to me, is it a, a, a quantity or a quality game? They're expecting me to say quality. But I would actually say, ultimately, if I had to decide between the two, it's quantity. The more buyers you get around, the more properties, the more sales you will do. End, end of story. Um, but it does not mean that your agents are not looking after those buyers with kid gloves. They're phoning them before. They say, you've been meeting my colleague, who is your, the Duba representative. After you've seen it, I'll give you a buzz and I'll find out how it went and we'll have a chat. And that gives, in a way, it's almost better because the, the buyer can then explain to the agent what they thought about the property rather than the agent having to assess their ums and ahs at the property itself. So it's quite a good reason to get feedback in building that relationship and doing those, those cross-selling things. So, so what have... would you say then to the agents who say that they feel that they, they risk their sellers saying they're being shortchanged by not having a member of staff turning up to do the deal? Yeah, yeah I, I, I've heard that. And, and again, that's a perfectly reasonable question. Um, I think it's a matter of how you manage your, your sellers. I think if, if uh, and I, I've always gone down the route that actually when and particularly for sort of small or independent agents you know the person who sells them the business the person who takes the instruction the seller's probably giving you the instruction because they like the individual it's the main reason why they're giving the instruction so they're almost expecting that individual to do the viewings as well so just as in the same way that listing agent says my colleague david and susie will be bringing people around in the same way we'll be saying look our job is to get loads of people around your, your property our guys are very good on the phone at arranging viewings and following up leads and this sort of thing sometimes we get overwhelmed and if that is the case we've got an outsourcing service called view a very respected organization thousands of people around the country and in that case we don't want to miss a viewing but we'll have one of those people around and they're really there just to to let them in for security and at the end of the day what will happen is um uh, but one of our, our agents will call that person up and help them, encourage them to, to make a decision about their property. So uh, it's, it, it really means we're able to get more people around your property. It is a numbers game. Yeah, I think it is a numbers game. And I, th I certainly think part of the thing we, we look at is the buyer demographic as they get younger in terms of buyers wanting things when they want it rather than when the estate agents want it. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, so... For a lot of agents, I think, that we speak to, um, they've already got the fixed costs of viewing built into their uh, cost base at the moment. So they already have the negotiators there at the moment. So when we talk to them, they look at this as being an extra cost. So how would you, as, an, as if, if, if you were talking to an agent, or do you, at the moment agents, as I say, tend to look at this as just an extra layer of cost. Do you think that's a fair way of looking at it? Well, anything that costs money is a fair way of looking at it. And you need to decide, is this cost a, cost a cost that's worth investing in? But I would say that if you're at a stage where having viewers working for you at the, at the 
touch of a button uh, can increase your productivity, then you need that cost in a way because the, what it means is you're stressed. I often used to say to people when they were building brands and building branches, they say, should I employ another person? I say, wait until you're absolutely stretched and bursting at the seams when you know you need another person. That's the time to employ somebody. So that's the time perhaps when you're going to be hiring viewers as an alternative to even thinking about hiring another agent at this stage. It fills in the gaps and it enables you to do more. So I'd say it's a good cost. You know, do you need to pay for a telephone? You can't see the return on telephone, but I know I need a telephone and I'll pay for the telephone. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, um, I mean, it's been um, a frustrating journey. So I really am wanting you to look at this from an agent's perspective, because that's what you do is talk to agents and, and give them nuggets. I mean, mm. I was fascinated, by the way, to, to see your latest video, which came through, I'm on your mailing list. And for years, when I was an agent, I would have said 20% of the business we used to do, by the way, was for, was for buyers. Oh, the buyer representation. Yeah, uh, the buyer representation. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do think that that's a fantastic, fascinating idea for people yeah. to weave into their business because they probably haven't thought of that at all it's um, the other side of the coin it's right there for the taking yeah well it is and as you say all the infrastructure is there already so there's no cost yeah. attached to doing yeah. it so the idea that buyers would would want someone to help them out particularly mm -hmm. local someone who knows an agent locally we used to do that at douglas and gordon all the time yeah. it was definitely yeah. a big, so i think that's great but it does lead funnily enough it's all part of what we're talking about here because um do you think that the training, I mean, obviously from a Viber perspective, we have an in-house academy, so our guys get trained, they can upskill themselves into various new things. Um, do you think agents worry about who it is that is being the Viber? Do you think they worry about having, you know, who, who the Viber is? Well, that probably comes down to your own uh, systems and, and, and credibility. And I've only really heard good things. In fact, I was quite surprised to hear you say that there's been more resistance than you might have expected, because I hear hundreds of agents saying, oh, we just use Viva for our excess viewings. It's great, it means we can do more numbers. Um, but, um, sorry, what was the question? <laughs> well, no, I'm just interested to hear what your definition of the, of the best viewer would be. Did you, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do yeah. you think all viewers should well, be sharp-suited 25 No, 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 quite the opposite. Quite the opposite. People don't like estate agents, sadly, because they're nice people. <laughs> but you know, if you if you think about it, if you're looking at a property, put your eye, put yourself in the mindset of a buyer. And we've bought and sold many times over the years. And in the mindset of a buyer, all I'm interested in is seeing a property that I think might be suitable. I'll make this. My wife and I, Charlotte and I, will make the decision whether we like it or not. I really don't think we can be that influenced by what the person says. So what I'd ideally want is somebody who's going to let me in, let me have a look around, maybe just show me what's what and say there's an annex down there and that's, that's, that, that, that's fine. But don't confuse me. Don't try and sell to me. This is too big a thing. I'm not, you know, I'm not buying a, a photocopy or a, or a, a, a phone or something. Um, you know, this is too big a thing as a much more emotional part to it. So the sort of person that for me would make an ideal viewer is probably going to be a, a pleasant, middle-aged, maybe non-pushy, male, female, black, white, what, anybody who is perhaps a local person who is is pleasant and trustworthy and non-pushy and mildly mannered and just the sort of person I'll, you'd say thank you for that and then the agent can pick up the phone and speak to the buyer afterwards and be perhaps a little bit more persuasive not just in getting them to buy that property because i don't think you really can but more persuasive in in, in helping them to in, in encouraging other viewings numbers 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 yeah I mean, 
certainly from our point of view, the average age is 53 and they, and they tend to be female. So, so that would, that would probably buy into the sort of image that you're, that you're talking about there. And of course being local, they know what's going on. But actually one of the main reasons when we started, I I expected this to happen is it'll be no coincidence that if anybody here has ever been, and there are probably very few, sadly, um, it's only happened to me once or twice. I've been able to afford to buy a property through either Savills or Knight Frank. Um, but their workforce out in the field, if you ever go and see one of their properties, particularly outside London, the chances are you'll get a well-qualified local farmer's wife or one of these people will turn up and show it to you, not Absolutely. rather than being one of the staff. So it yeah. clearly does work if, yeah. if outfits yeah. like that use it. I mean, The great thing is, you know what, if, if you've got a question, if, I've never analysed this, but if you look at the types of questions that buyers might ask, it's probably not a question about the property itself, because you can usually see that. It's going to be a question about the local area. You know, um, something like, oh, I mean, I live in Cheltenham, so oh, I wonder, if the, is this street going to be busy during race week? And for the guy to say, well, actually, I only live around the corner myself, and most of the, most of the race goers use this street, not this one, that's 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 gold dust because that's a local that's local intelligent intelligence uh, spoken with authenticity from a credible person so uh, I, I yeah i'm absolutely all for that 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 local person and also the demographic may well be quite similar as well if somebody lives locally they're likely to be a similar sort of maybe i'm guessing but a age and social makeup to the person that they're showing the house to whereas in let's say in kensington i i used to be a a 19 year old negotiator um showing multi-million pound houses to 55 year old multi-millionaires there was a big no, i remember those there. days they were great <laughs> days though i have to say um but one of the comments people are making at the moment is is or one of the assumptions people are making about the market is virtual viewings versus versus real viewings now clearly real viewings have have their limitations during the cb19 crisis at the moment which i understand and a 360 tour is at one end which is a pre-recorded tour which helps people um get their shortlist but one agent I spoke to a couple of weeks ago, they, of all the deals that they did in lockdown, eight, all of them were predicated on a viewing before exchange. And eight out of 10 of those deals fell through when they actually went to physically see it. So where do you stand on the, on the virtual versus physical? Well, you, you probably just answered it, actually. I mean, I was always for a long time quite anti-virtual tours because um, I thought it was a, it was a lame excuse. A, it, you know, it, it just meant that um, no one's going to buy it without actually seeing it for the feel of it. And it means that if you, if you don't like what you see on the virtual tour, you're definitely not going to like it when you go there. Um, but I suppose the same could have been said about photographs, colour photographs when they came out. But it's interesting with the stats you just quoted. Um, I, I mean, at the end of the day, it's about feeling as much as anything. You can see as much as you like. You can see the photos a 3d tour which are fantastic but i don't think people are prepared to take the risk enough to buy a property off the back of a virtual tour they still need to go and see the property to get the 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 feel for it anyway probably they will be better buyers because they've got a very very good idea as to what it's like and they're probably the reason they're going there is to find a reason not to buy it in a way and that's where um an agent you know will, will, will help them take them over that line possibly so what would you say then to agents who say to me, oh, you know, our, our costs for a viewing are anywhere between 20 and 30 pounds for a basic slot. But the majority of our people tend to book one hour slots for, say, 40 quid where they can get four time viewing slots in. So it, it works out mm-hmm. at about 10 quid per person that comes to see it. 
What would you say to people that say, I, 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 you know, it looks expensive to me. I can hire a member. I can hire a sort of school leaver or a local person for, for 10, 15 pounds an hour to do it. What reliably just like that on pick them up, put them down basis. I, I wonder how long that, that would last I mean, Yes, you, you, you could, I suppose, but what I'd see that investment as is I'm not paying my 10 pounds to have a view, but do a viewing that may or may not go somewhere. I'm paying my 10 pounds to have my negotiator staying back, hitting the phone and making more viewings on other properties. Cause that's where you, that's where your revenues come from is the, the, the churn, the numbers. Um, so I, I wouldn't see it as a negative investment. I, I'd say it's a very positive one. I'd say it's, it's the, it's almost like the next, it's the missing link between you, 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 you've hired two negotiators here. You could really do with the third, but you can't justify it yet. But the, the viewer in the middle is going to cost you a fraction of that third negotiator with no PAYE or any other obligations. You can pick it up today, use it today, whatever. To yeah, okay. Okay. That sort of cost. And look, I mean, I think the last thing I'd say, uh, or the last thing I'd want to ask you, just in case there's anything you want to ask me before we finish, um, uh, what do you say to those people? Uh, well, what do you say to people about Viewer when you're out there? Because you implied that that several people talk to you about it. Mm. Um, is what you tend to hear positive? Are you surprised that more agents don't use it? And if you if you if you think that there's a reason why people aren't using it why would you think they aren't using it you know there's so many people trying to flog so many things to estate agents at the moment that each one of them is is really good but if you bought them all you'd be out of business before you start um i think a, a lot of it is is we, we've become a little bit overloaded with this and particularly at the moment where agents are cutting back if anything strangely enough the viewer is the one thing that if you're cutting back it possibly is one thing you need you might have furloughed or made staff member redundant that's because the money's not coming in but the viewings are still up in fact we're seeing amazing viewings at the moment i understand um so the timing might be be, be quite good for that um, so yeah I say normally when it, it comes up in, in conversation um, if I'm on doing a training course and I say you, you know and I'm talking about viewings and I mentioned you but they might say actually yes we're already doing that and it's working really well for us in fact some agents felt threatened then the negotiator said oh will I be out of a job I said of course not of course it's highly complementary to, to your job because it enables you to do the more profitable parts of your job with greater frequency than just going and driving halfway across the country and showing a house to someone who probably won't buy it. Leave that to somebody else. Okay, well, that probably sums it up in a nutshell, actually. So, um, look, I think we've probably covered, you know, enough ground. I really appreciate yeah. your sort of honesty on this, really, because as no, I said, I mean, the, the, you know, the reason for my call to you originally was I'm surprised that more, I mean, a, a lot do, but it's a huge market out there. And yeah. We all know that the average owner of an estate agency probably is going to be a bit older, probably sort of more our age, likely to be male, mm. probably resistant to change. Yeah. Um, and I'm guessing from, from your point of view that you see quite a lot of those sort of guys on your training courses. Yeah, very, very much so. Very much so. Um, and in fact, a lot of the, what we discussed during this conversation are questions uh, that I would discuss with, you know, if I mentioned you, Brent, they, they have those questions. They're, they're, they're quite easily answered. But, um, but also, I mean, I mean, how many viewers do you have across the country now? You've been well, we've got three and a half thousand active ones. Yeah, we cover every UK postcode. Yeah. I tell you what I do think is extraordinary. Is that there are a lot of companies out there that say they're national oh yes we're national but actually they're a series of franchises yeah not whereas what we have is a completely every uk postcode service mm. with one point of access and one sla well that's quite unusual to be able to book something literally in 
Inverness, Truro, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, Cardiff, at the push of a button. That's really quite unusual. Yeah. I, I mean, you've I, achieved something incredible there to get that many people on board and sort of vetted and, and oh, but oh, vetting, yeah, well, how, how does that work? I mean, are these, can they just want? That's they, a fair, it's a perfectly fair question. Uh, they're all DBS checked. We do video interviews with them all, but the most important thing is they get uh, rated in two ways. Every time they do a job and they send the feedback through or the inspection report through, whoever they've sent it to rates them out of five stars, just like Uber. But as importantly, our internal staff rate them on their effectiveness, their, their, their oh, you know, the way they use their initiative, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So they get yeah. two ratings, an internal and an external, and that yeah. really polices it better than anything else. Yeah, very good, very good. And, and I mean, in terms of your plans going forward, what, what are your sort of aspirations for the company? Well, the trouble is they change slightly because the COVID, um, you know, the, the CB19 stuff is going to be around, I think, for 12 months. It's not, well, going to go, yeah. it's not going to go away in, in a hurry. So um, we want to be seen. And I think we've already arrived, hopefully, at a situation where we are known as the sort of de facto stepping in service for the industry. Yeah. But I really, my ambition is to penetrate the estate agency market. You know, that's where I'm from. That's what you exist in. Mm-hmm. You know, property management, um, all these other things that we service are one of the mill is completely the wrong word, but I think we we have an opportunity here to let agents move into the sort of properly into the 21st century to be able to service their customers when they want in a cost effective yeah. way. And it irritates me that our base viewing cost is 25 to 30 quid, which is too expensive for a lot of the high street agents, but they don't look at how they can use it more effectively. Yeah. What could you do with someone for three hours on a Saturday afternoon for 65 quid? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, you can do a lot of stuff oh, with those. It's perfect, bro. I'm always banging on about open houses, have been for years, and it's amazing how few agents do them. But I used to get more instructions from open houses than anywhere else, really, just yeah. by, by, by sticking signposts on every street corner, say, come look at my open house this Saturday, blah, blah, blah. And to have somebody to man those, heck, if I could do that. The, the only reason, in fact, we used to do this in, in Cape Town. The only reason we didn't do more is we didn't have the staff. And this would yeah. have solved it instantly. Well, what we tend to do actually for a lot of our open houses is do them with the, with the customer. So the, the agent sends along a neg. Our viewer simply watches the house or watches the property and makes mm. sure everything's going okay, whilst the estate agent then can go around talking to everyone, getting names, addresses, where do you live, have you sold, yeah. you know, yeah. what's your situation, without worrying about the security of the Absolutely. house. Yeah. So, yeah. so there are lots of ways in which, and I just think it's, it's been great to be able to air some of those, Richard, with you, some <laughs> yeah. of these things. So, so thank you very much. Yeah. I mean, as I said, the main reason I'm talking to you is because you're a respected guy in the industry and you represent a lot of agents. So if there was a real hole in this somewhere, I know you well enough for you to say, well, actually, you're not dealing with this. Um, so, um, I haven't found one yet. Uh, <laughs> I haven't heard any instances of where it went wrong. You must have some. You're probably not going to share them, but uh, no, well, I, so can, far, so good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we have less than a half percent mess up rate, which probably yeah. is actually better than I used to have at Douglas and Gordon. But that's <laughs> Me too. That's probably not a story entirely. So, look, Richard, thanks very much. Um, I am fascinated by what you're doing on the buyer's side, and I think in the existing. Um, in the existing situation, I very much hope that people watching this will also go and check out what Richard's doing. Yeah, them. yeah, do check out the, um, that'll take you through the website and there's a little uh, video. Yeah. <laughs> Wherever it is. A yeah. <laughs> little um, uh, video there about, about the, the buyer representation opportunity and how to actually incorporate it into your regular estate agency. It's not what you think. It's not what you think. And it's highly, you can, honestly, you can double your revenues in a shorter period of time than rebuilding that, that pipeline there that, that uh, you have before the, the pandemic. It's there, it's there for immediate use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Okay, Richard, thank you very much. Appreciate very you taking the time out of yeah. your day. Thank you. All right, Ed, no problem. Take care. Bye.